0: Have you ever wondered if your relationship struggles are normal? Or maybe you have wished you could just ask advice from a relationship expert. Or better yet, how about two experts? Well, I'm happy to tell you, you are in the right place. I am Dr. Morgan Cutlip.
1: And I am Dr. John Epp. Morgan and I are both PhDs in psychology, relationship experts, authors, relationship course creators, and a father-daughter team who will bring our educational background, clinical experience, and research knowledge to real relationship concerns and challenges shared by our guests.
0: Welcome to the Love Thanks Podcast, where we hope to empower you to better engage both your heart and your head in relationships so you can follow your heart without losing your mind. Let's get started. We are here today with Krista, who is a therapist turned relationship coach and Enneagram expert. And I'm so excited for her to sit with us and to share her wisdom and expertise about the Enneagram And to explain what it is for those of you who are like, what is the Enneagram? I see people talk about it, but I don't fully understand it. So thank you so much for being here with us.
2: I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Can
1: you just (laughs) begin by, um, for those of us who have no idea what it is, just give us a good orientation to have an understanding of what is an Enneagram.
2: Absolutely. Enneagram tests, or just the Enneagram, is a personality typing system that helps people to, just like a Myers Briggs or a disc test, any inventory you've ever taken, it helps you to distinguish yourself in a world of love and gifts and also hurts and ways that you experience relationships. So I I really like it better than any of the other inventories that I've ever taken or administered during my days as a psychologist <laughs> or a marriage and family therapist and so it's been absolutely life-changing for my work personally. And lastly, it's a system of numbers. So it takes a bit of the pressure off from feeling like you get a a word label as much and it's types one through nine.
0: So can you, I guess I have two questions here. Can you go through some of the the types? Can you go through all nine types and kind of let us Mm -hmm. know the general gist to them? And what is it that stood out for you about the Enneagram um, and liking it better than some of the other personality tests.
2: I think a lot of the tests do a really good job of distinguishing behaviors, but the Enneagram does a good job of distinguishing motivations. And so there's more compassion built into the system. It also has more layers. So instead of it, if you saw an Enneagram sign or symbol on any kind of graphic anywhere on the internet, you would see a circle. But I like to think of it as a sphere because it's a very robust system. And that's why I was able to depart from most of the psychological layered tests that I would put an MMPI on top of the Myers-Briggs on top of other tests I won't bore you with the names of, but that really uh, did all those things together. The Enneagram has so many layers that it's a system that does it all on its own. So it's a very nice compact system that will get you very deep. And in relationships, it's particularly helpful because instead of just describing what you do, it gives you the why and so partners can say to one another, "Oh wow, yes I do this. I'm finally going to admit it to you because now you see why I do it." Whereas usually we try not to admit things because it feels too <laughs> vulnerable, right? And defensive.
0: I remember being on your podcast and I feel like I shared this with you, but I one of the most valuable pieces for me with the Enneagram is that it's it depersonalizes a lot of things. Instead yeah. of it being like, well, oh, you're like this because of your mom or you're like this for this reason or that reason. Um, yeah. It feels like you can say, well, this is kind of a general theme with this type. So let's just yeah. talk about it from a once removed perspective. And mm-hmm. it helps with that defensiveness that you're talking about. An That's area true.
1: that I spent a lot of time in is in um, people matching themselves with another partner. So partner selection. Mm-hmm. So um, does that come to play at all Not only for the existing kind of couple, but backing all the way up, you're single, you're in a relationship, and you're trying to figure out if this person is a good fit for me. Are there some people that are better fits than others in terms of their typology?
2: Wow. Well, I'm going to go through the nine types, but what I want to say, it's a great question because the way I like to think of it is that each couple has a light that they cast together. Each pairing has a potential to cast a different light or hue with those of other types. So it's not a better or worse. Each type has a light. Each type has a shadow because there's issues that we all bring into a relationship (laughs) and then there's gifts and strengths. So it's fun to see all the different 45 pairings and their permutations and how they can really light up the world as well as bring their maybe their judgment or they're going too fast together and they're bowling over people. So I'm really enjoying the process of helping people to see every type has its gifts, every type has its areas of weakness, but also to address your second question, it's really cool to know that if you go to truity.com, they actually have a test that will help you with your dating as well so that you can type in which types of people you would really prefer to date in terms of this is an inventory that they've developed. And now you get a response, this is the type that you are the most likely to connect with. However, one caveat is sometimes we test that we would like somebody just like us. I've <laughs> noticed. And then I've also noticed that a lot of the time That's the a people big with mistake, that mistake, isn't it? <laughs> it it can is be,
1: because- it could be a big mistake.
2: It can, the brightest shine in the world sometimes is by finding that you guys grow each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, I love those couples that are the same type, but I also know that even they will stretch each other. But is it okay if I go over the nine types briefly? Yeah, go over the nine types. Do it. Okay. Well, the type one is often thought of as a perfectionist and somebody who brings reform and change to the world in healthy ways. They just like to improve the world. I like to think of them as the improver. Sometimes it's within their home. Sometimes it's within a, a belief they're very idealistic. Uh, of course, they have to work on that and be less judgmental and less black and white. The type two is somebody who has a ma- major heart of love and care, but in a different way, this is turned more toward people absolutely no matter what's happened to them. They're the empaths of the world, the teachers often found in nursing fields, and they can sometimes give to get uh, because they're so loving. They're like, I just need to make sure people love me back so they can be a bit prideful on their worst days that they think, oh, my Oh my gosh, I helped everybody. I'm so great. Um, and then type threes, <laughs> when they're doing the, the beautiful work out there, they're achieving, they're performing, and they're really making us understand that we uh, have a lot to learn and they can be perfectionistic too, and they can teach us and goal get with us. And then of course, you guys know that they can go too fast and too hard and too aggressive in the world and also wear a mask that really doesn't allow them to be
0: who they truly are underneath. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> you remember, Dad is yes. a three. My husband is a three. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, and we all like we're all hitting each other here, and then we're also
2: hoping that we're going to find out John's type two today, right? Yes. I'm excited to do that. Yeah, we'll do that. I'm next. excited
1: to find out. I'm, <laughs> I want to do a little self discovery.
2: I know, right? Yes. yes. So uh, we can also talk a little bit about core motivations here that the type 4 is somebody who is the artist and i was mentioning my eldest daughter is a 4 and they really bring out beauty in the world and they i believe are the slowest on the enneagram in terms of their perceptions my daughter told me the other day she can take things in even better though when she closes her eyes and just allows the world to come to her because they're such artists they just need the depths so uh they also are very good at sitting with people in their pain but as you can imagine sometimes they sit too long in their own pain And introvert and grow cold. Um, Type fives are also very observing. As we're going around the Enneagram, you see some of the types next to each other have similar traits. Mm -hmm. It is a circular. Uh, pattern, but the five is very knowledgeable and also very exploratory. They love to put puzzles together and mysteries to solve. You think of a Sherlock Holmes when you think of a five, but sometimes they don't insert themselves in the world because they're so busy figuring things out and they almost have an insatiable desire to do that and a lack of energy because they burn themselves out mentally. Um, Hmm. so all of this, you can see in relationships, how it could be so amazing. And then so hard, all of them. And then type sixes are very courageous when they're at their best. They're very good at troubleshooting and making sure that they (laughs) figure everything out too, but in a way that is extremely analytical and caring because sixes are typically very people oriented. So they really want to make sure that they're loyal and beloved and they will work very hard on those relationships, but because they're always troubleshooting, they can get a bit Controlling and negative because they're forecasting gloom. Um, mm-hmm. Type sevens are very joyful and they are very exciting and enthusiastic. They also love thinking and they go very quickly in the world. That's my type of personality. So, <laughs> Morgan was reminding me make sure you're not over the top with how fast you're going. So, I'm <laughs> always mindful of that because we do run hard as sevens, and at our worst, we can just take on too much and hold too many plates in the air because we truly do lack trust in other people. And we think we have to do it all ourselves. Um, And so type eights are people who are very powerful in their presence and very energized like sevens, but they add on a layer of protectiveness in their relationships so that they can defend the defenseless and the underdog. And so that's a beautiful aspect of care that they bring. But because of all that energy, they can come across as dominating or controlling or be those things or feel like they have to have everything for themselves because they've somehow earned it or more over than others so there's sometimes a sense of prowess that can accompany that or lust and then type nines which is Morgan's type are the peacemakers so they are good at seeing from all perspectives make amazing counselors they are actually inhabiting the traits of every single one of the types they sit at the top of the Enneagram we're coming back to the very top of that circle if you're thinking imagery wise and they also have to remember that as much as they're considerate of others that they're beloved too. and getting their voice out there is an amazing gift to the rest of the world they just have to realize that because they can go into sloth and inaction as a defensive strategy and so it's really important they they do that so yeah that's all the type
0: Is that really true? Yeah. The Enneagram has been really personally helpful for me. I remember two moments of talking about the Enneagram with other people. And um, at one point was like sitting around with a group of women and somebody was – I was hearing about it for the first time and they were explaining it. And they're like, so what type do you think you are? I'm like, I have no idea. And my friend, um, she's like, I think you're a nine. And she goes, they have some anger going on in them. Yeah. And um, I was like – I'm never angry. Like, I am really happy and peaceful and agreeable. And, like, that doesn't ring true. And I had to sit on it for probably a week or two. And I was like, oh, I have a lot of anger in there. I think of it now more as (laughs) I have, like, this intensity or this fire. But yes. I had to have it. Even my husband, I said it to him and he's like, what are you talking about? You, you have that in you. Like, of course. And so it was really funny. <laughs> and then the other piece I learned from, from so, someone else was about, um, the energy. You talk about the sloth mode. And for me, I have, I know now I kind of like keep track of it through the day. I have an amount of energy. And when I reach a certain point where it's Mm -hmm. used up, like I literally could do nothing and be generally happy. And I always thought I'm kind of maybe lazy, but I'm not. And so it was a (laughs) nice reframe for me. (laughs) Like this is just something that um, Mm -hmm. is part of Mm -hmm. my type.
1: And so I can be aware of it.
0: It becomes empowering. Yeah. Yeah. That is empowering. I love
1: that. You know, when I've read about it a little bit, and um, there's a couple of things I just want to ask you about, too, that's a part of the whole understanding of it. So wings, there's something called wings that I'd like you to explain. Mm-hmm. And then also when you start getting under stress, um, you know, what mm-hmm. comes out? Do, do some of the negatives come out or do the positives or what exactly happens? So mm-hmm. maybe you can explain some of that, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So wings are, if you're thinking of that circular diagram or the spherical diagram, the the types on either side, so for a one, it would be types two and nine on either side. For a three, it would be types two and four. These are traits that we share behaviors with, but we don't share the core essence. Each of the types has an actual issue, a core gift that we did talk about. And then each of them also has a core hurt and those are really great in helping us detect what our types are but Those don't shift. It's just that if you're a four, it's nice to look at types three and five to figure out what added behaviors you could add because maybe you're that type four artist, but you want to add on some performance like the three and some achieving. And you also want to make sure that you're researching. You're not just this airy, idealistic artist, but that you're grounded in research and really being a great thinker like a five. So the wings help us to spread our wings basically uh, in our type and get a little bit Less, um, We don't want to look just like a type, if that makes sense.
1: So if you're under um, difficult times and you start kind of like fragmenting a little as a person Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. with stress, does that bring out more of your core type or the wings or... What, the shadow that you mentioned, because you mentioned. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And I love that question because the Enneagram is such a deep, robust system that there's so many layers and nuances within each person and each of our genetic stories. I was just showing my daughters and son today, they were finishing up biology class and we were looking at the complexity of the human DNA.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: there were so many thousands and probably millions of layers to it. So we can have different shadows. Some of us may say, gosh, I lean way too hard. Like I do on my sixth wing of troubleshooting. And sometimes I can create too much trouble for myself because of that. Uh, some of us have a shadow with our own type where maybe I'm a type seven, like I am, and I'm holding up too many plates and now I'm not resting at all. And I'm just moving too fast. Or you might have a shadow with even a different issue, which is one of the biggest in Enneagram thinking is the instincts, the social, the self-preserving, and the sexual instincts. And that we could do a whole other episode on sometime if you ever (laughs) want, because that's a huge topic within relationships. But at any rate, these shadows and dysfunctions can appear in different ways in different
0: people. So I don't, I want to figure out John's type, but now I have one more question. So there's also tri-types. Am I saying this right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so can you just do this? Is also mm. helpful, even I've read a lot about the Enneagram, but this is actually so clear. So, oh, good, I'm so glad. Yeah. So, tri types if we were to look at the
2: Enneagram as a chart, um, I actually have one I'm looking at on my wall, but <laughs> I'm such a nerd. But what we have are three head types, three heart types, and three body types, and so those are just into thirds instead of the nine types, Uh, this breakdown helps us to see that as much as you, Morgan, might be a body type and I, Krista, might be a thinking type and we'll find out John's, we hope uh, maybe he's a heart type, but at any rate doesn't mean we don't have access to the other centers. So the tri-type allows us to say, which of these three types do you relate to in the body? Which of these three types, which one of the three do you relate the most in the thinking world? And then in your heart, which one of these three do you relate most with? And then it's also nice to say, what's the order? For me, the body comes last sometimes. So Mm -hmm. it's really nice that I know I'm a seven, four, nine, but I was explaining before we got on that my daughter, Hannah, and I share a tri-type and she's a four, seven, nine. Mm -hmm. So you can think of those as an archetype. That's called the gentle spirit. Uh, And each of them has their own name but what's fun about it is because she leads as a four she's slower and she's an artist first and because i leave lead as a seven i'm a thinker first and i like to analyze first so she's probably going to go into a different field but it'll still be within helping it'll still allow her to be a gentle spirit but she probably won't do analytical work
0: does that make sense yes
2: yeah i'm thinking
0: i need to figure out my kids Yeah, it's helpful. It can help a lot with career is what tri-type helps with. Yeah, I bet. All right. So I I did, I asked um, followers on Instagram some of their biggest questions about the Enneagram and I got multiple questions of how do you figure out your type? And so what better way to do it than do it on here and kind of, Mm -hmm. and see how that's, how that's done. Okay. And I thank you, John, for being vulnerable. Because what I'll do is I'll go through a couple of different- I didn't, I
1: didn't know I had to be vulnerable.
0: <laughs> I know. Yes. I, I set him up.
1: This is a, this is but a setup. But only as
2: vulnerable as you want. Because Did you, honestly, you and Morgan talk about
1: this before? Did you guys like plot this out before? Is this, is this all a setup? I'm not paranoid or anything, right?
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. So we're going to be vulnerable. But like I said, only as much as you want. You don't have to tell all. It's just connecting with one of the issues of the types. And Morgan and I are kind of going first because what I will do is I'll share out of the nine types, what are the deep kind of core wounds of the types? And that we can do quickly. And so listeners can be thinking, which one do they connect with? And you can be thinking that too. Um, And I will also try to go through as thinking types, heart types, and and body types. So that, that sometimes we might not get off the podcast with him knowing his exact type, but he may be able to say, I'm a thinking type for sure. One of those three, or I know I'm a heart type, or I know I'm a a body type. Um, So let me start with the thinking types, um, five, six, and seven. Um, and the five has the core issue of wondering if they're competent. I mentioned them as that Sherlock Holmes. So they don't always step into the world because their core fear is I'm not competent and I won't have enough energy to carry out the tasks of the day. So I have to pull back an introvert. The six is somebody who, as I said, is great and courageous, but they're really at the core concerned and fearful of security, and they're always afraid that they need to look to others for guidance first. And of course, as they're healthier, they don't do it as pathologically. At the lowest levels of each type, you can get to major pathology on the DSM. But as we get higher up, it might be just nuances or idiosyncrasies versus so that's where John, it doesn't have to be as vulnerable. Um, and then type sevens, it's, I, ha- I mentioned this with me, I have to do it all. I have to carry it all because there's this sense of, I can't deal with emotions because there's no time for those because I'm doing so much else and those will kill me. Um, and so these are, of course, core beliefs we learned as children, probably defense strategies that worked, but they're no longer serving us. So do any of those three super resonate with you?
1: Hmm. You know, I, yeah, I don't want to pause too long here. We're on a podcast and we only (laughs) only got so much time. Um, I can kind of relate a little bit to all threes, first of all. So Mm -hmm. like there are times that I feel insecure and not competent, um, but I wouldn't say that's a driver, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I is, I'm extremely self-aware. So I've gone in a lot of public settings where I've kind of been like front and center and like, you know, the the, the sage on the stage. And yet before I walk out, I can, I can be aware of feeling um, like a little kid who is in, you know, that that is insecure and i out of place and I don't fit in. So I can, I can be very aware of that. And then when I step into interacting with people or engaging or whatever is, you know, happening in that social setting. So, so the number five I can relate to the six, I'm not, didn't really click that much. Seven a little bit, where um, I got to do it all myself i I definitely have always been kind of an entrepreneur, so I mm-hmm. started a private practice i years ago in the eighties, I was um, a founding pastor of a of a plant a church plant, okay.
0: so we started
1: a mission you know a church, mm-hmm. so I did that, and then um, really, all of love thinks was mm-hmm. initiated and but it wasn't I don't remember thinking, "Oh, I don't have time for my emotions. I think it was I just like the sense of creating something, developing like I like developing things, and, um, mm. and I definitely like some sense of ownership, so I don't know how that fits in. Yeah. <laughs> no, so there I, you go.
2: I, I think I'm working with Five and Seven with him so far. What about you, Morgan? Because I, I heard that even from him saying he developed systems.
0: Yes. <laughs> I think that sounds. So far, it sounds really accurate. I think, um, I don't think you're somebody who would say, I don't have time for emotions, but my experience of you is that you do tend to be more thought forward than
1: feeling forward. Uh, uh, you know? Absolutely. Like, and um, so yeah, like as it- a
0: your daughter, <laughs> even when we, when one of the best things about coming to you when I have a problem is that you will you will rationalize that or help me understand it or provide a definition, and it's um, really mm-hmm. helpful. But if I want all the feeling pieces, and you can go there, so it's not that you don't go there. You can absolutely go there. But, like, I will go to mom for more of that piece a- of it.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say, and I've watched that in, you know, Morgan's got a big birthday this year. It's been a lot of years of raising kids and just been really observant of the differences, but how complementarity they are, they are, I think, in the long run rather than combative in any way. But um, yeah, yeah. My, between my wife and I, I was all, I was always like, I, I got to become more like her. She hears something and immediately has this emotional reaction, which is like, you know invigorating and exciting and and and, and my mm-hmm. reaction would typically be to be thinking it through yeah. and um oh my gosh so i always admired that about her and i'm like oh i gotta try to like fake it till i make it I like what's the emotion and get go there because it, it was almost always uh you know the kaboot following afterward you know kind of the
0: mm.
1: engaging the mind
0: <laughs> i'm thinking about when we have phone conversations it's always better if we stay like we'll chat on a zoom or something it's yeah. always better. Because I'll say something. and This is quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, are you there? I get started to get, we worked together for a long time. Uh, Did you hear me? Do you have a thought about that? And he's like, I'm just thinking.
1: So you, you want an emotional reaction. So is that oh. enough, is that enough vulnerability there for you? There we yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. I'm
0: being <laughs> okay. hard
2: on five right now. Um, and I like it because I like thinking types. So. <laughs> Thank you, types. No, I'm just joking. I love all the types. And honestly, I was thinking when you talked about your wife, like how amazing it is that she brings that out in you. And that's where I go with the whole glow thing. I'm just so excited and passionate about the ways we bring the best and we balance one another. But uh, should I go on and explain briefly the other six types, even though I think we know? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Just in case Um, the type we'll start. We'll just keep going. We're five, six, seven. We'll go to eight, nine, and one, which are the body types. And eight is, uh, as I said, very extroverted and powerful, but they're really afraid of vulnerability. Honestly, uh, at the end of the day, they don't want to be vulnerable uh, because they really just feel like they've been hurt in that way in the past. Vulnerability will kill me is what they're thinking. And so it's ironic because people want to see their beautiful hearts, but when they're not, healthy that's how they they just get more powerful less vulnerable when they are healthy man it's the best of it all okay now we're going to nine and the nine can be very concerned that i'm not important and i i don't have needs except for comfort so as long as i have my material needs met i can do without the rest because it'll cause conflict it'll make people go away from me and also i won't be hurt anyway where or anyway, so there's a bit of sarcasm. And as Morgan said, there can be a bit of anger that can get trapped in there because all of these have tendencies like the thinking types can be called the anxiety types or the fear types. And the body types here can be also called the anger types so it's, it's neat to kind of look at from different lenses. They can also be called the gut types because they're instinctual and it's a gut reaction for eights, nines, and then lastly, ones in this triad. Ones are the ones I mentioned as perfectionists and their concern over all other concerns is, is, am I right? And as a client said to me last night, <laughs> um, if I'm not all right, then I must be all wrong. And I think that's when they're not healthy, that's where they go. So they do have to learn to put that inner critic in a shoe or, Uh, just stomp it down or give it a name and tell it to go away. But that's part of their growth process and something they all have. It's a distinguishing feature of a one is a very loud inner critic. All of us have a little one, but they have a loud one.
0: It's funny. I have a good friend who's a one and she's mad that she's a one because it's not perfect to be a one. (laughs) Which I think is really funny. Like she's so irritated that she's a one because, yeah. That's her, can her you add, can
1: add the number 10 for those people?
0: <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. 10 is that. the
1: ideal, perfect person. Whatever you want to be, whatever you yes. think you are. You're it's, a 10. It's, you're a 10. So there you are. Oh God, oh
2: <laughs> yes, and tell your friend she's number one. So that is yeah, like You're awesome. number
1: one. Oh, there exactly. you are. Very that's, symbolic.
2: Yes. Oh that's, my gosh. That's okay. Great. So, yeah. So, twos, threes, and fours. Heart types. And we can also say shame triad or feelings triad or sometimes mm-hmm. even sadness triad or neglect because this is the thing. Heart types are the people that we deal with most as relationship helpers that we would consider codependents. And I hate to say codependents, I would rather say people who struggle with codependency person first language, but they really struggle as a two. Let's do that one first with feeling like. If I don't serve others um, and help others and give to others, then I'm not worthy of love. So it, when we're critiquing them for saying you're prideful and you're acting better than everyone else, we have to have compassion to realize this is how they're finding their worth. So mm. and we have to help them to not be as codependent, to have self-worth outside of that. But but that's their issue. And then type threes are similar in that on all of their achieving, and you know this, Morgan, there's a very sensitive, caring deeply romantic heart under it all who wants to be loved for who they are outside of what they do it's just that they believe that the way to love is through success and achievement if they're in their typical space versus like a really healthy place. And Mm -hmm. then lastly with the four, they are, as I said, that deep artist, but their wound is if I'm not special and unique, I'm not going to be loved for who I really am on the, uh, underbelly. And my daughter and I were having her special date this morning. And she said that even, and it was so sweet. And she goes, I know I just want to be loved for who I am and not my looks. And she goes, so I'm going to have to make sure I'm super unique. And I said, oh, that's so cool. But I just want you to know, like, you know, you're (laughs) beloved just the way you are. Even if you're not unique that day, like you get to be loved just for who you are. And it's not about your looks, but the care is there. It's just they're concerned. Am I unique? Am I special? Am I beloved? So those are the heart types. And so you can imagine if they don't feel they're beloved, they would deal with some shame and sorrow about that. But but does do any of those last six that I described, John, describe you even more than the five or the seven?
1: Hmm. Well, the last one, the um, in some ways, the was that the four you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I identify with some of that. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I think of anger. Like, if we go back to number nine, um, I, I don't think of like anger is a reaction to something that you're perceiving to be wrong, but aggression or is like an internal drive is how I think of it. Like, and, um, I think that I have a pretty strong internal drive Mm -hmm. that um, could be reactionary, you know, if something upset me or I perceive something wrong. So I I can think of times when I get mad, but overall, I'm, I think I'm pretty just easygoing, but Mm -hmm. wanting, kind of like wanting, uh, peace and relationships is a pretty important Mm -hmm. feature of, of how I function. Like I, I don't like it when um, you know, in, in the close relationships that I have when somebody like I would give up kind of like anything that would be of value to try to maintain that kind of peace Mm -hmm. Um, not as codependent, but as just, I think that that's really important. So I, I don't know how that, that, that was part of what nine is too. Right. Is.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving and serving. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Morgan?
0: Well, I see, I see. Um, I could see you as a nine as well. I think that part of this piece I was saying about how if um, someone comes to you and you have a really nice sort of like co- cognitive, intellectualized, here's what I'm looking for, the word I'm looking for, intellectualized sort of explanation of what's going on. You kind of help guide, you know, either my sister or myself or just even even mom, I've seen you do this over the years, guide them through it. I think part of the motivation, um, you're a great thinker, so that's a piece of it. But part of the motivation there is like, it's really uncomfortable for you to know that someone you care about is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so that wanting mm-hmm. everyone to kind of be okay, am I getting this right? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I think that's really true. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: I would really take some time to process the core wound in yourself John and I. I almost feel like it's not um it's not as helpful to do it on air but just to say to yourself deep down like do I think I struggle more with incompetency when I'm at my worst or do I struggle with uh, not feeling heard and seen and valued when I'm at my worst. And then also similarly, when I'm at my best, am I analytical and are the wheels of my mind always turning and figuring out and researching as a five? Or are, am I really just trying to bring peace and serenity to people, uh, which would be much more nine-like and calm?
1: Yeah, so, I think that's more
0: five-like.
1: So yeah, they are similar. <laughs> yeah, I'd say... Mm -hmm. one that is probably higher than the other would be the the best and the worst that you mentioned out of five.
2: Yeah. And that so goes with you saying the four was relatable because I'm like, he's probably a five with a four wing when you were saying that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And it doesn't mean you don't use your six. It just means that our goal would be to balance the four and the six wing. And what also was funny about that is you said, I can be at times where I do use my instincts. And believe me when I say male-female differences may be even bigger than Enneagram. I said maybe because I think there's some, you know, a type eight female may be very aggressive. So I don't want to say always, but I do want you to know that five has their, uh, we didn't talk about health and stress arrows today because they're a bit more of a, another topic, but (laughs) the five goes to eight in their health. So that means they get more powerful and they're able to say what they need to say and defend others and be very strong. And then they also go to seven and can get scattered and do too many things. So, uh, when they're not as healthy. So those are a couple more places of growth and stretch for a five.
1: I think that that fits. I, I have a <laughs> lot of like plates in the air, you might say, you know, spinning plates and, um, that, that's been true for a long time that I always mm-hmm. have. And Morgan and I can have conversations and she'll be like, can we just stick with you know, like three topics? Let's not keep <laughs> bouncing. So I yeah. think that um, yeah. seven, but I I would say in my mind, a lot of those different plates are all, there is an organization of them. So <laughs> yeah, that's- it's, it's, it's sometimes trying to like cover all of them or explain all of them or talk about all of them. But I do think that that, um, if I am not doing well, those can feel really overwhelming and they can just feel defeating. Like there's too many. And mm. that kind of goes back to what you said is when you're feeling your worst, like that feeling of, you know, am I really competent here? Yeah. I would say in a lot of settings are fleeting. Um, yeah. I've told Morgan, and I've had this conversation many mm-hmm. times that I always thought that anyone that has high self-awareness is going to have feelings of that self, you know, when they're with crowds or groups, it will be hard to differentiate whether they are self-aware or insecure at that, at that mm-hmm. there's going to be moments where mm-hmm. those two become, what am I labeling it as? Mm-hmm. Because when you are mm-hmm. self-aware in a conversation with another, you got to almost like lose yourself to, to socialize well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but self-awareness mm-hmm. um, is a real strength because it is part of how you can be conscientious and thoughtful and see Mm -hmm. things from other perspectives and lots of other things. So I see that self-awareness as a strength, but I think that it can it can be um, feel like uh, a a sense of being on the outside of the whole when you are really self-aware as as well. So. Mm.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, because the strength of the five is objectivity. But you said it so well. Sometimes that objectivity can make you feel on the outside. So, and mm-hmm. fives make amazing helpers as well because of that objectivity. So, a lot of us like to go to fives as they're thought of as the sage or the wi- the wise person. <laughs> so, it's really neat. It's a neat type. I really love that. We're we're probably at our type with you.
1: Probably.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank Ben's you. That was so really enjoyable.
1: Fun. Yeah. Yeah, this was, was, was fun. fun. It was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, you're so good. And you're so knowledgeable. It just shows just the depth of understanding you have to all this, of course. And can you share with everybody where they can learn more about you and what you do and what you offer? And I do want to share that you gave a glow guide to me. Um, that was the chat and my type, the nine and a three together. And it was so informative, I, I still have it. I printed it out and I love um, reading through that. So can you tell everyone about your offerings? Oh,
2: absolutely. I have a lot of freebies on my website for you at marriage.com I spent a lot of time in my thinking head type brain, just wanting to make sure there was so much access to people for free. So I have a lot of people who just literally make a whole binder out of my freebies and just enjoy <laughs> using them in their marriages. Uh, I also have a lot of podcasts over 150 on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, Enneagramandmarriage.com. Uh, you can find them there as well. And then I also have, if you want the glow guide, those are for sale at my website, which is again, Enneagramandmarriage.com. And I have deep dives on each type in relationship because there's a lot of information on the website at large about uh you know relationships but to go even deeper to take that dive into say type 5 now that John's finding out his type <laughs> uh it goes into so much depth on the background and the ideology it goes into depth on even DSM diagnostics if we were to go into the worst places but of course the goal of all of our listeners is to be at the best so i have a lot of places and ways for you to get there in your relationships so those deep dives and then lastly i have a planner that i've created which has every single week tips for individuals and couples to strengthen their relationships using Enneagram tools across an entire 52 week year. Well,
1: Krista, That's it's been amazing. fantastic. I mean, I just think of like all the materials that you have created and developed <laughs> and how helpful it is. Maybe the, there'll be a lot of listeners that step into that space if they mm-hmm. want to work personally with you, because you can almost see, I mean, going back to Morgan saying, is there a good assessment you know, mm-hmm. some way of trying to determine it just on your own. But you can see how your questions and your way mm-hmm. to kind of like reflect on things and move it through. And our conversation just here on this podcast was really helping to, to hone in on what would be a more accurate uh, type for me. And so um, is, mm-hmm. there, is there yeah. potential for people to work privately with you?
2: Well, I just started a membership course. So that begins June. So if you're listening summer of 2022 or whenever you're listening, we have a collective and I teach in there monthly and you can connect with me there live as a small group. Or you can connect with me to see if I have any openings for coaching. Now, because I'm so busy researching, I also have, in addition to my own clients, uh, a team of 20 or so that I've trained to do this um, so that they're using my exact methodology. And I've given them typing lessons. And I've also given them 1,000 pages of a binder for them <laughs> to review 24 hours of training. So they have been well-trained. <laughs> you need somebody.
1: Well, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so
2: much. Yeah, I appreciate you being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I am just overjoyed whenever I get to talk about this. So thank you so (laughs) much for having me. And I love your work. You guys are amazing. You're killing it out there on IG and giving (laughs) us so much help. Thank you. And everywhere on your podcast now too. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for tuning in. You can learn more about the Love Things content by hanging out with Dr. Morgan on Instagram at MyLoveThinks, or visit our blog at MyLoveThinks.com.
0: And we're happy to offer an affordable subscription to the Love Things membership, where you will gain access to a library of videos and resources on a wide range of relationship topics. Also included are monthly live Q&As where we answer relationship questions and discuss relevant relationship issues.
1: All this and more can be found on mylovethinks.com. And remember, the best relationships are those where you follow your heart without losing your mind.